Ladies and gentlemen, from the Universal Church of Freedom, Peace and Justice, Deacon Gerald Salenti. Hello everyone, this is Deacon Salenti of the Universal Church of Freedom, Peace and Justice. And it's the uh, night before Christmas or the day before Christmas and all through the house. Yep. So I want to wish everyone that celebrates Christmas, Merry Christmas. And I'm a warrior for the Prince of Peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to all. At this time where everyone in the mainstream media and all the Western politicians only talk about war. Not a peep about peace. Nothing from the major religions to promote peace, whether they're the Protestants, the Catholics, the Episcopalians, the Lutherans, all those that say they believe in Jesus Christ. Now, if they're not out in the streets championing peace on earth. Now, I'm going to read to you part of a transcript from President John F. Kennedy in his speech to the students at American University. This is June 1993, five months before he was assassinated. And this commencement speech is about one topic, and one topic only, peace. I have therefore chosen this time and place, he said, to discuss a topic on which ignorance, on which ignorance too often abounds, and the truth too rarely perceived. And that is the most important topic on earth, Peace, the most important topic on earth? Why, how dare you say that? That is not spoken about at all. That's where we're at. I'll continue. What kind of peace do I mean, he said? What kind of peace do we seek? Not a Pax Americana enforced on the world by American weapons of war. Pax Americana mean Americans all over like they are now, with over 800 military bases around the world, and a new defense budget of $860 billion. But that's what Kennedy was talking about. He goes on. I am talking about genuine peace, the kind of peace that makes life on earth worth living, the kind that enables men and Nations to grow and to hope and build a better life for their children. Not merely peace for Americans, but peace for all, men and women. Not merely peace in our times, but peace for all time. I speak of peace because of the new face of war. Total wars make no sense in an age where great powers can maintain large and relatively invulnerable, invulnerable, I repeat, nuclear forces and refuse to surrender without resort to those forces. It makes no sense in an age 
when a single nuclear weapon contains almost 10 times the explosive force delivered by all the Allied air forces in the Second World War. It makes no sense in an age when the deadly poisons produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the globe and to generations yet unborn. Now, just think about that. They put us on air raid drills. They're running them now. Stand in the middle of the room. Duck and cover. I'm building a bomb shelter. I'll be safe from the bomb. And then what are you going to come out to? Well, again, you come out to a, uh, a nuclear exchange with carried by wind, water, and soil and seed to the far corners of the globe. Poisoning the earth. Kennedy goes on. Today, the expenditures of billions of dollars every year on weapons acquired for the purpose of making sure we never need them is essential to keeping of peace. But surely the acquisition of such idle stockpiles, which can only destroy and never create, is not only much less the most efficient means of assuring peace. I speak of peace, therefore, as the necessary rationale and of rational men. I realize that the purpose of peace is not as dramatic as the pursuit of war. And frequently, the words of the pursuer fall on deaf ears. Some say that it is useless to speak of peace or world law or world disarmament. Yep. That's what they say right now. President Kennedy. Useless to speak of peace. They just had a, a show at the United States Congress with Vladimir Zelensky, the Ukrainian president. Not a word about peace, only sending more weapons of war. This is the Vladimir Zelensky, and you can look at this link, who, before becoming president of Ukraine, was a sitcom comedian. His role in the sitcom was playing the president of Ukraine. And not only was he playing the president of Ukraine, as you will see what a person this is that American politicians bow down to and look up to, a comedian playing the piano in his act with his penis, his pants down and playing the piano. This is the people, the person I should say, that Americans and American politicians and mass look up to, as well as NATO. A comedian that plays the piano with his penis, 
How low could America go? Going back to Kennedy. First, examine our attitude toward peace itself. Too many of us think it's impossible. Too many think it's unreal. But that is dangerous. Defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable. That mankind is doomed. That we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolved. And we believe they can do it again. <clears throat> then he goes on to talk about this is at the height of the Cold War. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let us re-examine our attitude toward the Soviet Union. As Americans, we find communism profoundly repugnant as a negation of personal freedom and dignity. But we can still hail the Russian people for their many achievements in science and space, in economic and industrial growth, in culture, and acts of courage. Look how Kennedy was speaking about the Soviet Union at the height of the Cold War, and look and listen to how we've been taught to hate the Russians today. Kennedy goes on. Among the many traits the peoples of the two countries have in common, none is stronger than our mutual abhorrence of war. Almost unique among major world powers, we have never been at war with each other. And no nation in history of battle, you ready? Ever suffered more than the Soviet Union in the Second World War. At least 20 million lost their lives. Countless millions of homes and families were burned and sacked. A third of the nation's territory, including nearly two-thirds of its industrial base, were turned into a wasteland. A loss equivalent to the destruction of the country east of Chicago. That's never talked about today. The number now is up to 25 million. Russians lost their lives fighting the war, Operation Barbarossa, by the Germans, who are now sending weapons of death to Ukraine and billions of dollars to defeat the Russians. The people that murdered the Russians the most And it should be known that the Russians were the first to defeat the Germans in World War II, not the Americans. He goes on to say, 
Today, should total war ever break out again, no matter how our two countries will be the primary targets, it is an ironic but accurate fact that the two strongest powers are the two in the most danger of devastation. All we have built, all we have worked for, would be destroyed in the first 24 hours. And even in the Cold War, which brings burdens and dangers to so many countries, including this nation's closest allies, our two countries bear the heaviest burdens. For we are both devoting massive sums of money to weapons. You ready? That could be better devoted to combat ignorance, poverty, and disease. He's basically repeating the words of the president that preceded him, Dwight D. Eisenhower, five-star general, supreme commander of the Allied forces in World War II, his farewell address, January 17th, 1961, that the American military-industrial complex is robbing the nation of the genius of scientists and slave laborers and the future of the children and destroying this country. And Kennedy's repeating that in his own words. We are both caught up in a vicious and dangerous cycle, he goes on to say, with suspicion on each side, breeding suspicion on the other, and new weapons begetting counterweapons. He goes on to say, quote, when a man's ways please the Lord, the scriptures tell us, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And it is not peace in the last analysis, basically a matter of human rights, the right to live out our lives without fear and devastation, the right to breathe air as nature provided it, the right of future generations to a healthy existence. While we proceed to safeguard our national interests, let us also safeguard our human interests. And the elimination of war and arms is clearly in the interest of both. He ends up by saying, the United States, as the world knows, will never start a war. Wait a minute. He said in June of 1963, the United States, as the world, as the world knows, will never start a war. Oh, what about the Vietnam War? that was started eight months after he was assassinated. What about the Iraq war based on lies that Phil Giraldi, who we had as one of our speakers, 
at our Universal Church of Freedom, Peace, and Justice and Occupy Peace rally in July. Top CIA man going into George W. Bush's office, showing them the proof that there was no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and George Bush telling him to leave the office. And Phil Giraldi, a real man, quit the CIA. We will never start a war. How about George Bush's Afghan war? We're going to get that guy, Osama bin Laden, dead or alive. And all the other wars, Somalia, America in Syria. How about Barack Obama, the Nobel Peace Prize? I want that guy Gaddafi out of there. They will destroy Libya, the richest country in Africa. I want that guy Assad out of there in Syria. We'll kill some 650,000 Syrians. The United States, as the world knows, will never start a war, he said. And I could keep going on. How about the Yemen war? According to the United Nations, 377,000 Yemenis have been killed. The United Nations says over half or about half of that 377,000 children under the age of five years old. Not a peep. Nothing talked about. Kennedy goes on to say, we do not want a war we do not now expect a war. This generation of Americans has already had enough, more than enough, of war, hate, and oppression. This is a man that fought in World War II. People were tired after this. We shall be prepared if others wish it. We shall be alert to try to stop it. But we shall also do our part to build a world of peace where the weak are safe and the strong are just. We are not helpless before that task or hopeless of its success. Confident and unafraid, we labor on, not toward a strategy of annihilation, but toward a strategy of peace. Thanks, he said. Confident and unafraid, we labor on not toward a strategy of annihilation, but toward a strategy of peace. Not today. Go listen to all the politicians that support the Ukraine war in Europe and the United States. Annihilation is the only word that they use. We will defeat the Russians. We will keep giving weapons of death to a man or a boy that plays the piano with his penis and becomes president of Ukraine. An arrogant little nothing. Not our war. A war that would have ended a long time ago if America and NATO did not keep supplying weapons of death. A conflict that's been going on for hundreds of years between these two countries, 
and people know nothing, nothing about why the war started. We're totally opposed to it, but we totally understand why Russia invaded. The big news for weeks, the World Cup. Oh, everybody knew all about the World Cup. Aren't these guys wonderful? They could kick a ball really great. And over 4 million people in Argentina, a country with a 40%, 40% poverty rate, an inflation rate of over 90%, getting close to 100%. A country deep in debt to the International Monetary Fund of almost $45 billion. Four million people take to the streets to champion how wonderful it is that their team could kick a ball. Where are the four million people taking to the streets of peace and justice? So what happens five months after John F. Kennedy gives this speech at American University, June 10th, 1963. November 22nd, 1963. This is what happened. President killed Governor Connolly's shot. Suspect seized. Johnson is sworn in. Lyndon Baines Johnson, who gave us the Vietnam War eight months later, killed over three million Vietnamese. Oh, those dirty Russians. Oh, no, that was the Americans. I'm sorry. Some 60,000 U.S. troops killed. Well over 300,000 suffering injuries and hundreds and hundreds of thousands suffering mental disorders. I was a young kid back then, and I believed the propaganda. I believed America should stop Vietnam because those dominoes were going to keep falling, they'll tell us. And the Chinese, before you know it, the, the, the commies, the communists. They'll, they'll, they'll be on the shores of California. That's what they used to say. And John Connolly shot. Here's me, John Connolly, and his wife, Nellie, may they rest in peace, in front of the book depository where Lee Harvey Oswald allegedly shot JFK. Connolly wanted to meet me, 1992. Because of my book, Trend Tracking, I had forecast a new third party. And someone like Ross Perot would be the candidate. He wanted to know how I did that. It was two weeks before the election. We were parts the side of the book depository. We were parked out in front. Then we went outside and took a picture. As we're walking back into the Anatole, he, well, as we're parked out in front, he told us the story of what happened that day. And I've spoken about it a lot. As we're walking back into the Anatole Hotel, he looked at me and he said, you know, Gerald, I read your book, Trend Tracking. He says, fine piece of work. 
And I know your heart's in the right place, but you don't have a clue what's going on. And neither the Amer do the American people, because if they did, there'd be a revolution in this country. This is John Connolly that not was, was not only the Democratic governor of Texas that took the bullet in the back. He was also the Treasury Secretary under Richard Nixon, who took the United States off the gold standard. The man almost died, and he's been at the top. If we don't unite for peace, the fears, the warnings that JFK told us about are going to happen. Annihilation. So they killed Kennedy right after he spoke about peace. Will they kill the deacon next? So do what you can to support us. We're going to do everything we can in 2023 for a global peace movement. We cannot do it alone. We need your help. And please spread the word of freedom, peace, and justice before it's too late. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, peace on earth, goodwill to all. Thank you.